Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises that manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group, with your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Wise. Welcome, listeners. We're certainly back. Uh, glad to be back with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Lou, how are you today? Uh, very well, very well. Second day back after being out of town for a week. Uh, I'm raring to go. Oh, that's that's uh, always good for the show to have the energy on the show. We have uh, lots of fun on the show here, and we've got an exciting guest that we'll introduce in a few moments here. But I'd like to get an update, Lou, from last week's show and then what's kind of what's happening in the news. Well, I could cop a plea because I wasn't here, but I did listen to it. Uh, Our postscript from last week's show, we had uh, Brad Holcomb, committee chair for uh, Institute of Supply Management, otherwise known as the ISM. And we had Tony Nevis, who is the uh, committee chair for the non-manufacturing report. And just to refresh everyone's uh, memory who listened last week or those who didn't, uh, the uh, Rob, the uh, report on business came in at 56.6, which is uh, significantly higher than the uh, 50 uh, breakthrough progressive moving forward number. Uh, and Tony uh, Nevis's the non-manufacturing report also was uh, significantly higher than 50. It was at 58.6, which indicates that uh, the the two internal economies that are going on here are still moving forward and strongly. Uh, we've learned from uh, Brad Holcomb in the past that once you start getting near 60, it's, you start getting into dangerous zone where things might get a little shaky, where things could back off. So, um, And we as uh, All Metals and Forge Group, uh, as a manufacturing company, we really like it in that 50 to 60 range. And uh, that's a sweet spot for us. And I'm sure it is uh, the same for many manufacturing companies of all types throughout the United States. Um, so that uh, brings, uh, I would suggest that you listen to last week's show. There's some interesting facts and factoids about uh, last month's uh, uh, report uh, about uh, new orders, backlog, and so on. So um, go to uh, mfgtalkradio.com and listen to last week's show. Uh, we also have a, a bit of a news news bit that I'd like to talk about for a moment. Uh, we are an endorsed sponsor for MFG Day, uh, which is the uh, celebration of manufacturing in the United States. And uh, it was last uh, it was October third. And uh, however, many states in the country, and uh, actually the United States. October is Manufacturing Month, and uh, there seems to be more and more people getting involved in uh, the manufacturing uh, issues, uh, being that manufacturing is being reshored and nearshored and uh, all the rest of the new buzzwords. Uh, So I just wanted to report that the SME, the Small to Medium-Sized Enterprise Education Foundation, is just announcing this week that they are going to be implementing a scholarship uh, for students pursuing careers in manufacturing, manufacturing technology, and uh, other related fields. 
the applications for acceptance actually starts on November 1st, 2014. I would suggest that you go to their website. It's uh, SME Found, uh, Education Foundation. I don't have the exact URL, but I'm sure you can find it. And uh, this is something that just adds to the manufacturing uh, day philosophy. And uh, I think there's going to be actually a total of 10 awards, uh, $3,000 awards, um, that will be uh, granted to uh, the candidates. So uh, tune in and see how the U.S. is progressing in manufacturing and helping to fill those uh, career jobs and uh, manufacturing jobs uh, throughout the United States. Tim? Well, Lou, we can't talk about manufacturing unless we talk about quality. And today's guest is Michael Berry. He's the Senior Manager of Corporate Communications with ASQ, the American Society of Quality. He's responsible for brand management, business strategy, marketing communications, and strategic industry research initiatives. We're going to be talking about a number of issues surrounding quality with Michael. Michael, how are you today? Great, Tim. How are you? Just terrific. We're just very excited about having you on the show. I know that uh, I want to give you a chance to, to share with our listeners what ASQ is and what its mission is before we get into kind of the meat of quality. Sure, I'd be happy to. And uh, Tim and Lou, it's, it's great to be uh, with you today and uh, all the listeners. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, a little bit about ASQ. Um, although we go by the acronym ASQ, um, it stands for American Society for Quality. And we're a global membership organization that's dedicated to quality and performance excellence initiatives and professionals. So we have 70, approximately 76,000 individual members, um, 60 uh, enterprise members, which are uh, tend to be medium, larger size companies, and then dozens of other smaller organizations around the world. Um, ASQ provides uh, quality, continuous uh, Im improvement um, resources, knowledge resources, training, uh, professional certification, advocacy support, as well as career development and networking resources. Uh, prior to about five years ago, we were mainly uh, domestic folks in the United States, and about five years ago made the decision to become a global organization. So we, we currently have a headquarters in Milwaukee, but we now we operate uh, national service centers in India, China, Mexico, uh, and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, we also collaborate with a network of, of what we call world partners, which are peer organizations uh, spanning 20 countries. Um, and then we, we further extend our reach through a network of uh, 22 registered service providers that um, deliver uh, help deliver ASQ's training certification in, in specific uh, territories and markets around the world. And ASQ, um, just a little bit about uh, the history, um, ASQ uh, it's been around for about 65 years. Um, our beginning, our roots trace back to the end of the Second World War um, when those that were in quality um, sought ways to, to sustain the quality improvement. So it was largely manufacturing-based, um, and that that's, has stayed our, our bread and butter since then. Um, but today, uh, you know, the, the role of quality and performance excellence is, is plays a much broader role than it did um, you know, even 10, 20 years ago. 
um, now that uh, quality and continuous improvement uh, encompass um, such dimensions as customer experience, supply chain, uh, innovation, risk. Um, we uh, so although we we continue to to champion uh, manufacturing, um, we've we've also uh, branched off into services including healthcare technology. Uh, government um, energy is becoming um, a, a hot area, uh, and sustainability, uh, among other fields. Tim, gee, I think quality in healthcare might be a good idea. That would be helpful. Um, Michael, when it, we talk about quality, I know in the '70s, '80s, quality was kind of a hot button issue, and then in the '90s and first decade of the 21st century. It kind of went quiet. It has did quality lose its cachet in that twenty-year period, and it's time for a comeback? Well, uh, Tim, that that's uh, a great question, and and quality certainly did have a, a cachet back in the eighties and nineties, um, and and that was in part due to um, the documentary of Japan Can, Why Can't We? And, and some of the, the listeners may be familiar with that, and that was largely driven by nationalistic fears between the U.S. and Japan, with Japan outperforming the United States, um, it was really time to say, okay, you know, the, the United States, we, we got to get, we got to get moving, and we, and we got to stay competitive with Japan. Um, and that actually um, is what fueled that quality movement back in the, the late 80s when quality um, did become hot. Um, and it was discussed in the boardroom and in, in C-suite circles. Uh, unfortunately, you know, its voice has uh, since been been diminished. Um, and perhaps quality is, is implied or it's, it's seen as something that, that can, can't unlock any additional value. Um, but either way, in order for, for quality be, you know, to, be, uh, to be effective and, and lead to um, any type of sustainable change, you know, leadership at the top has to be completely invested. Um, and and that, was, that was happening back in the 80s and 90s, but, but as we see it's not happening nearly to the extent that it needs to. So, you know, Tim, to answer your question, absolutely. Um, we, we are, uh, we, we need another um, quality movement. Tim. Okay. Okay. And Lou, um, I've been in your shop in a couple, a couple of times and I know that you're ISO certified. And as I understand it, ISO uh, starts from the top, you, the president down through the entire organization. I don't think there's a day that goes by that, all metals and forges and talking about quality. Is that right? Uh, without a doubt. And um, actually, I just brought in, because I knew we were doing a quality show, I did bring in today uh, my very first uh, quality uh, manual. Uh, uh, I mean, we've been in, in operation since 72. In 89, we had our first quality uh, uh, manual, which was 20 pages long. And uh, our quality department, we've now got three people in quality, and we have 20 volumes <laughs> of manuals and uh, things that need to be done on every order. And uh, that happened with us in 1994. Um, and when we started that, one of our friendly competitors said, gee, why are you going to allow yourself to be dictated to by a foreign power with regards to ISO? Uh, foreign power being Switzerland, right? Uh, the only neutral country in the world. <laughs> um, 
when I started that, uh, we really started it for a uh, marketing purposes, and very quickly uh, discovered that uh, wow, we're 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 making money as a result of avoiding screw ups and uh, turning out a better product and less complaints from customers. And then all of a sudden, uh, and uh, Michael, you might confirm this, that uh, ISO probably started to really uh, turn on in the early uh, 2000s and is still strong. And many large companies uh, today, we get uh, 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 vendor questionnaires, and they state very clearly on there that if you're an ISO registered company just to don't fill out the form attach your uh copy of your certificate and send it on um and that, i believe uh, like i said michael you can confirm that as to when that really started catching on um but how how has iso affected uh asq or or are you talking in different uh arenas well um Lou, that's that's a really good um, point, and and especially a good good time to have the conversation on ISO um, with the ISO 9001 standard coming out um, next year. And uh, when the last release was back uh, in that standard in 2008, which was quite popular, and it's it's um, predicted to even be more so um, next year's release because there are a number of changes that are um, taking place. But ASQ is actually um, very active in um, standards administration, and um, all of these uh, you know technical groups even can get confusing to me. But ASQ plays um, ASQ is is the actually the U.S organization that it administers um, the, the U.S. Technical uh, Advisory Group um, to what's called the TC-176 Quality Management and Quality Assurance. Uh, now, what that group is, is they're the ones that actually developed ISO 9001 and ISO 9000. Um, so as, as the administrator um, of the standard ASQ, um, we're responsible for providing support to that technical advisory group, um, subject matter expertise um, regarding the U.S. positions on that standard uh, through a voting uh, and commenting process uh, at each stage. It's, it's very formalized. Um, so the, the subject matter experts are involved on both a national and an international level in the development of the ISO 9001 um, standard. And so through ASQ, we, um, we, you know, we seek to educate, um, you know, members, customers, and just the, the public at large in terms of what's coming down on, on this standard because it is so big and far-reaching. Um, and also once it's uh, released in 2015, ASQ is, is one of the few places you can actually purchase the standard. So whether you're looking to purchase a standard or organizations are looking to be um, recertified, um, you know, you can, can turn to, to ASQ um, for those uh, resources. But there's plenty of education right there now um, that, that we have um, right that, and that we will be rolling out through uh, a special program on the ASQ uh, TV channel um, because there's a lot of education that, that needs to be had and is starting up right now. You uh, brought up two points that I, I would like to address. So one is uh, the ASQ TV. I'd like you to explain that to our uh, listeners. And number two, um, you mentioned that ASQ certification can be bought. Uh, what is? What do you mean by that? Or unless well, I the, heard the it actual. Wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, the actual update, um, the actual update to that standard um, can be bought. Um, that that needs see. to be, um, you know, purchased. Um, so to get the the <laughs> updates and the revisions to that that actual standard, um, those need to be uh, those need to be purchased. So similar to other other standards in the marketplace. Um, but what's also different this year is that um, there's a, a standard uh, nine thousand um, and four, which actually goes along with nine thousand and one. And, and the importance of that document is is that's more of the real world application, the how to, you know. So it's one thing to have a standard, but it's but to really have the the, the how to guide to actually implement and use it. Um, that's that's why the nine thousand is for and four is, is is part of that um, standard as well. Where can they buy this um, uh, product of yours? Uh, can you give us your URL that the uh, listeners can go to? Sure. Um, right now, um, uh, if, if, you, if visitors go to asq.org, um, there'll be information. Um, uh, there'll be information coming. Uh, you know, in, certainly in the coming months, more around the education, and then a few months after that, in terms of uh, directing them to the exact page where they can purchase it. But if, if visitors go to asq.org, um, that'll that'll be a good starting point. Excellent. Excellent. Tim. Michael. I know that in working with the Institute of Supply Management, and we have had many of their executives on our show, they're just experiencing or their members are just experiencing purchasing being elevated to the level of the C-suite when it comes to the importance of purchasing and the overall picture of manufacturing. Where is Quality. Where is QA today in terms of trying to get back at the table at the C-suite level? Tim, yeah, that that and that's um, that's uh, that, that is a focus um, of ASQ, uh, especially as uh, the global voice of quality is elevating um, the importance of quality and the the business benefits that quality can bring and trying to elevate that back up to um, the C-suite. And, you know, making the case to the C-suite requires evidence that provides conclusive proof um, that there's an economic case for quality. Um, and, and looking at bottom line results, um, market measures, operating measures, um, to reinforce uh, the, uh, you know, the efficacy that that quality does pay, um, and that uh, is through various uh, research efforts, uh, uh, strategic research efforts, industry research that ASQs are really trying to um, gather the attention of, of C-suite executives um, through uh, some recent research that. ASQ um, has done um, one um, called the ASQ, ASQ Global Voice of Quality Research that was done last year, and then uh, a research project that we've just rolled out with Forbes Insights on uh, culture of quality. Um, and that's part of our, our strategy for really trying to elevate um, quality up to the C-suite. Uh, ASQ also did a uh, a research study back in 2004 called Making the Economic Case for Quality. And again, that was in line with the fact that, um, you know, to get the, the attention of those executives, uh, we need to translate that into dollars and cents. Um, and that study um, 
was, I mean, it was inconclusive. Um, some of the the results uh, that it showed um, in terms of how it affected business performance, um, you know, upwards at, at some some examples, upwards of hundreds of, of millions of dollars, and even into the the, the billion dollar um, range. Um, so, um, a couple of these. And I'll just point one out because it's, it's a famous one, and it was around um, Six Sigma and Jack Welch with General Electric um, when he was uh, the, the chairman back then. Um, you know, Welch made Six Sigma a foundation of GE's strategy. And beginning in, in 95, um, they, they started with 200 projects. Um, and then once their Six Sigma initiative expanded in, in two years, um, he estimated $320 million in productivity gains and profits. And within uh, four years later, GE was publicly claiming $2 billion in annual benefits. Um, so so that's, that, that was uh, a great success story reaped by um, you know, a, a very large corporation. Um, but United Technologies Corporation, that, that, that's another um, one that was, was profiled in this research. And during the years, um, of, of implementing, um, you know, quality and, and competitive excellence program. Uh, they called it their Achieving Competitive Excellence Program, UTC. Um, in, t in 10 years, uh, the, the chairman uh, went on record saying their total return to investors rose about 600%. Um, so there's, there's, there's story um, after story of, of evidence of, of how um, quality, performance excellence, continuous improvement um, impacts um, the bottom line. Okay. We're going to go to a quick commercial break here, Michael, and then we're going to come back and share with our audience some of the information that ASQ has gathered through their research with Forbes on the culture of quality. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. All Metals and Forge Group manufactures open die forging in blocks, hubs, shafts, flanges, cylinders, gear blanks, and custom forge shapes, including seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, nickel alloys, copper and titanium for parts and assemblies in aerospace, oil and gas exploration, defense, machinery, transportation, shipbuilding, energy and power, pulp and paper, and many other industries. Visit steelforge.com or call 800-600-9290. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.COM. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.COM. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace, nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com. 
or 877-877-6778. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're back with Michael Berry, Senior Manager of Corporate Communications for ASQ, which is the American Society for Quality. And I know, Lou, during the break, you had a question about how ASQ works with the small and mid-sized enterprises. I noticed that uh, a lot of our conversation, uh, not only today, but when we did a pre-show conversation with uh, Michael, we talked a lot about uh, the larger corporations, and obviously they're going to generate a lot of additional profits into the hundreds of millions. Uh, we're we're small. Uh, our company is small, and we've been involved in QA since uh, uh, quality uh, programs since 1994. I know it's not inexpensive because I've been paying the bills for it for uh, 20 years. So my question to you, uh, Michael, is uh, – is ASQ prepared, suited uh, for uh, the backbone of U.S. manufacturing, which is the small and medium-sized companies? Lou, uh, absolutely, um, we are. And, and going back again to our roots, um, we were we were founded on, on manufacturing, um, and for for several decades um, before we started to move into um, organization, you know, providing um, solutions and services to organizations, we were. Um, focused and dedicated to individuals, mainly in the manufacturing sector. Um, and then as um, within the last 20 years, ASQ has started to see a large uptick in growth and demand from organizations um, of all different sizes um, who are looking for um, a partner to really help them advance through their quality journey and be able to provide um, customize solutions because every every industry um, is different and I'll, I'll get into a little bit of, of, of the, the research um, uh, in a few minutes but that also talks about um, some differences that there are differences between industries that require um, customized solutions so although a few of the ones that we've named we call our enterprise members are our um, of our large um, Fortune 500 companies, the remainder of our, our business-to-business, um, our customers and, and members are small to mid-sized companies, and these are these are companies that are looking to to ASQ really as as a partner, um, so that no matter where they are, whether they have uh, no quality program um, uh, initiated or whether they're fairly mature, they're looking for ASQ to, to be their partner as they move into the future to say, you know, what what, what are some, some nuances with our own companies? What, how can we get help in whether it be, you know, uh, training or coaching or certification or, um, you know, adopting other types of um, quality methodologies? So that's something that that ASQ works um, closely with with those companies, um, and then as um, for smaller mid-sized companies that might not have um, those types of research budgets, um, one thing that that we we pride ourselves on um, that we provide to organizations is industry expertise. So. Um, through partnerships we have with our peer quality organizations uh, around the world, um, and then our participation in standards development, which I, I talked about a little earlier, and then the uh, industry, the strategic research, which we'll be getting into, um, that, that's where ASQ plays um, an important role in, in advancing um, quality and, and serving as a, as a, a great resource to uh, uh, organizations. Michael, I want to start Sorry, go ahead, Michael. 
um, especially um, among um, um, small and, and mid-sized companies that don't have the capabilities, um, those global capabilities, or in, in-house um, training and continuous improvement staff or departments. So, Tim? That's what I wanted to, to begin to get into with you, Michael, was the uh, research study you did with Forbes on the, the culture of quality. And I, I kind of sense three uh, stages of a company out there, a company that doesn't have a quality program, a company that's implementing a quality program, and a company that is, uh, they have a quality program and then they, they just need to expand it and improve it. Did your study identify what the barriers are to companies who don't have a quality program in terms of implementing one? Um, Tim, what, what the research um, took a look at is, is it, it um, specifically really looked at um, it really looked at the, the some of the shortcomings which which kind of um, one one could conclude are probably some of the barriers for um, companies um, not implementing quality programs or at least expanding quality programs and one of those certainly had to do with um, really some some things that maybe we we take for granted in companies such as vision and values and leadership and um, just to, to set the stage the, the, the two there were two groups uh, that we profiled in the study one was senior executives so those those c-suite executives and then the other group was quality professionals so that we could make some comparisons between the two groups and what we found was that really in both cases for um, organizations visions and values was those really were not very clearly articulated and understood throughout the organization um, and then when we talk about values um, that was uh, overall only 60 61 percent um, of the respondents in both groups thought that quality values were clearly stated so we're really starting at the very top of the organization here uh, and then specifically when it came to leadership, and, and we're talking senior leadership, um, only um, 60% um, supported the, the quality vision and values unequivocally. So you know, you're looking at roughly um, half. So starting at the very top, not, not having that foundation built, um, you, can, you can start to see where there's some, some cracks in the foundation and where and possibly why uh, a solid quality uh, platform is, is never uh, fully developed. And I think that's being accepted globally now, and it, I think it's going to continue to roll out. Uh, we are going to take a commercial break here, and we'll be back in just a few moments with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. American Crane and Equipment Corporation in Douglasville, Pennsylvania, is a leader in specialized cranes, hoists, and material handling equipment for industries including aerospace. Nuclear, oil and gas, transit, construction, and waste handling. Call 877-877-6778 or visit AmericanCrane.com. That's AmericanCrane.com or 877-877-6778. It's no secret that manufacturers are having trouble filling jobs. Now with ThomasNet's new job board, help is on the way. For manufacturers, ThomasNetJobs.com is the go-to resource to recruit new talent. Post your jobs and get in front of thousands of potential employees. Or if you're looking for a new job or you want to reinvent yourself, 
ThomasNetJobs.com offers exciting opportunities from the shop floor to the C-suite in supply chain management, engineering, production, or sales. Remember, ThomasNetJobs.com. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. All Metals and Forge Group manufactures open die forging in blocks, hubs, shafts, flanges, cylinders, gear blanks, and custom forge shapes, including seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless and tool steels, aluminum, nickel alloys, copper and titanium for parts and assemblies in aerospace, oil and gas exploration, defense, machinery, transportation, shipbuilding, energy and power, pulp and paper, and many other industries. Visit SteelForge.com or call 800-600-9290. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Talk Radio. Well, we're uh, back with Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we're going to have to probably redo this show. We've got some kind of a technical glitch, and we're not sure whether we're broadcasting or not. We certainly apologize for that, both our guest and our listeners. And uh, we're going to reschedule this show and go back into uh, quality and these reports because it's an important subject. But we're going to have to wrap up today's show early with the Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we will be back with you next week. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.